It's so good to see you guys. Glad to be back in the house today. So thankful to be here. So thankful to be able to come and share God's word with you today. And uh, I'm just so thankful for that. And hey, I just want to take a moment to honor Pastor Gary and First Lady Sean and Sydney and Brooke. They've just been a close to us for many, many years. I prayed for your church and with him before it was ever, ever come about. And so I'm just so thankful to see what God has done over these years. So what I want to do, I want to ask you to really love on your pastor and his family because you have a wonderful pastor and first lady. And I just want to tell you that. You guys give them some love. So I want to challenge you to take it a step further. There's one thing in pastors they need and families need encouragement. So encourage them, love them, take them out to eat, give them a gift card, buy them a car, whatever you want to do. They need encouragement, and we love them very, very much. So what I want to do is get a pulse of who's here today in the house at New Walk. How many of you here are married? Raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. Yes, a lot of you married. How many of you are in a season of life, you're an empty nester, and you actually have a checking account that's got money in it? Raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. Several of you. How many of you here are single. You raise your hand real high. You're single. All right, hold up. Like, keep your hands up. It's single. Now look around for prospects. Right? That's what you do. Hey, I'm, I'm honored to be able to share with you and continue this series at the movies. And it's a film about war. And I want to take it a step further And what Pastor Gary shared. If you are active military or you're a veteran, would you please stand to your feet? We want to honor you. God bless you. God bless every one of you. Yes, yes, thank you for your service. We're indebted to you. So today, we're going to jump into the book of Daniel, and we're going to look at a story of a young man named Daniel that was a middle school student age whenever his country was turned over and taken over by the Babylonians. His world was turned upside down. He was taken to Babylon to be able to be a slave and to be able to serve there in that conqueror's kingdom. And despite his horrific circumstances that he was going through as a slave in a foreign land, Daniel demonstrated his dependence upon his God and his relationship. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Think about that. Here, there's a lot packed in that verse right there. Daniel goes from a slave to being set up over the whole kingdom and with, by King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the world's leading ruler at the time. See, this story here that we're looking at is what great underdog movies are made of. And let me tell you this, the road wasn't easy for Daniel. Uh, for Daniel... These administrators that were already there and these high officers, he distinguished himself above them with his exceptional qualities. And basically, they became very jealous of Daniel's success. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you get a little jelly every now and then? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Everybody get a little jelly every now and then, right? Well, that's what happened to these guys. They were jealous of Daniel and his success. And you know what they knew about Daniel? They knew Daniel would not budge on his conviction to worship God alone. They seen that in him. So his trust in God's faithfulness alone is what got him to where he was with King Nebuchadnezzar because he saw the qualities in him. So what did they do? They set up a trap for him. 
And the administrators and high officers convinced King Nebuchadnezzar to establish a decree. Matter of fact, it says in verse 7, he says, give orders for the next 30 days. Any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. How did this affect Daniel? Check out verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Now just imagine the courage here of Daniel to stand by his convictions. Imagine that. And the administrators, what they do to Daniel, they turned him in and they reminded the king, oh king, of your decree, it's unbreakable. And no doubt, the king was probably distraught. He didn't like the fact that this was happening. But nevertheless, verse 16, it says, So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. In other words, your convictions, Daniel, your faithfulness in your God and his faithfulness in you, Understand, you're going to be put to the ultimate test. You see, in a similar way, Daniel's story mirrors another young man named Desmond, who, like Daniel, would be put to the ultimate test. And when it comes to his conviction and his faithfulness in God and God's faithfulness to him, Hacksaw Ridge is a movie that's based upon a man named Desmond Dawson, his part in World War II in the battle in Okinawa, Japan. In this movie, when you look at this, it's a graphic movie, but it contains a, a very wonderful, important life lesson not to speak of alone, but it's a biblical principle that we're going to look at. Now, how many of you here are like me? You grew up with siblings. Raise your hand. Yes, yes. So let me ask you this. How many of you, I had an older brother, and I always seemed to get most of the battle scars. How about you? You had an older sibling. Yes. And today, I'm still in counseling for that. I've got scars all over my body. But anyway... Well, that being said, that's kind of like Desmond. Desmond had a brother named Hal. And this young man here had a scary moment that would define his life. And often it's our most traumatic moments of conflict that often lead us to develop our deepest convictions. So having convictions to be able to stand up is what really makes you and I who we are. So Desmond's mom's theology about murder of being the worst sin of anything in the Lord's eyes was really theologically incorrect. But for sure, as you saw, it was a defining moment in this young man's life. When he realized that he could have killed his brother Hal, this brings out something really down deep inside of him that changes his life. And it's a really important lesson for you and I. When we face our darkest and our most challenging moments in life, we can allow it to haunt us and hold us back, or we can use this dark moment that we have as a pivotal point to move us in a new direction that God is leading us in. And in life, we're all going to face challenges. We're all going to face tragic experiences that comes at us. And you know what? We wish we could forget it, right? However, when it comes, we struggle our, in our best to be able to get through it. And sometimes it's a sticking point back here things that happen. You always seem to beat yourself up. You get discouraged. You get despondent, sometimes even depressed by what happened. It's like a prison in your past. It seems to just lock you up. But it can be a turning point of that bad experience to take you in a new godly direction. 
Because detours in life don't have to ruin your life. That's why you got to believe God's best for your life. You got to believe that. No matter what's taking place in your life, Romans 8 28 tells us, and we know that God causes everything, say everything, everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. See, God can use the bad for the good. God can use, let me say it again. God can use the bad for the good, see, and take you in an entirely new direction for his glory. That's what God wants to do with all of our lives. That happened to Desmond. It was a defining moment that suddenly he figures out what he's supposed to do in his life. And he is about to discover not a good opportunity, but Desmond is about to discover a God opportunity that comes out of his childhood's darkest moment. Can you imagine his captain saying that they're going to put him in for Section 8 psychiatric discharge? You know what that means? Just saying he's mentally unfit to be able to serve. I wonder if Desmond thought back to what his dad said in the graveyard. When he said, do you think just because you have these convictions that the world's going to fit into your plans? It's not going to be hard. It's going to be impossible. Wherever those crazy ideas that are in your head will never play out. So... Was Desmond's dad right? Should he just throw in the towel? Should he just quit? See, Desmond had these competing loyalties here. He had a loyalty to the allegiance to his country. He wanted to serve, but also had his faith in God, that he would serve God with his deep convictions about his Sabbath, that he'd rather be a person who is saving life rather than taking life. So the struggle is real, just like it's real in all of our lives when we face our own convictions. I wonder if Daniel ever thought about this in his life. And I wonder if Desmond, when he read about Daniel, that Daniel in the Bible was an inspiration to him. See, it's pretty bold of Daniel to stand on his convictions as we read here in the story in the scripture. It's also pretty bold of Desmond to stand on his convictions also. But see, it's the kind of conflict that every person's going to face whenever you decide that you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to face it. So you've got to trust God no matter what. It goes on in your life. You've got to trust him because Jesus let us know that he guarantees us that when you're loyal to Jesus Christ in your life, you're going to encounter conflict. You're going to be persecutions in your life and in this world as you walk around. So Jesus' way to live life and the world's way are two different things. Only one of them is going to win out. And you'll hear people like Desmond's dad in your own ear when they say, it's not going to be hard. It's going to be impossible. Where do you feel the pressure the most from others in your life when it comes to the tests of your conviction when you're trying to live out your godly convictions? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's a situation where your direct report is wanting you to fudge the numbers because it's been in the red for a long time. And if you fudge the numbers, it'll get in the black. Your convictions are tested. Maybe your convictions are tested with your family because you're trying to lead your family and you want your family to be a godly family, but the world is pushing against you for all the allures of everything it is to pull you away from God's church for a meaningful purpose. Or maybe you're in school and you're trying to stand up and be a Christian, but the peer pressure is pushing on you and testing you with your convictions. Whatever it may be, here's what I will tell you, kind of like Peter was in Acts he said, we must obey God rather than any human authority. And we looked at the Proverbs 
in chapter 29. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. See, Desmond's conviction to be able to trust God while being loyal to his country through the military, it was going to be tested very heavily and severely. Desmond faced all kinds of ridicule. He faced abuse. He was even threatened prison for his convictions. And as it always happens, there comes a time when you have to trust God and decide if you're going to make a stand. You see, every time you make a decision for something, you can be sure that decision you make is going to be tested. When we look in the story of Daniel, he chose to stand by his convictions. He chose he wasn't going to pray to an earthly king. He chose to go home, and he boldly went home, opened the doors toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day on his knees, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. How are you going to make it whenever your godly convictions are being challenged? See, one of the most theological misconceptions that we have when we're following God is to think that when God calls us to something, that it's going to be easy. It's not going to be hard. The doors are going to open effortlessly for us. And a mistake a lot of people make is that if God leads you to something, you're going to be able to do it with ease. You're going to be able to do it with no difficulties. But yet the enemy's always whispering in your ear to quit, to quit, to quit just not the way it is. You would be hard-pressed to find a godly man or a godly woman in the Bible who didn't face a hardship as a result of God's call and conviction in their lives. And sometimes you're given this God-given conviction and you trust God for that call. And I'll promise you, listen to me clearly, it is the call that is the only thing that will get you through when you stand up for what you believe in. You have to look at God's promises that he is going to provide for us in those moments that you are being confronted for your convictions. The Bible tells us in Matthew 10, you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers, Jesus speaking. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other believe, unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Just think in the courtroom, Desmond is struggling here, not wanting to give in. He's not sure what he's going to do in this moment. But when it's brought before the witnesses against him, at the right time, he's given exactly what to say. He's given that greater vision, that greater purpose for joining the military as a medic. And he says, with the world so set on tearing itself apart, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to put a little bit of it back together. Maybe you're here and in a situation where your convictions is being tested. Maybe your integrity is on the line. That's what Desmond was facing. You know, you, when you think about the Lord, the Lord wants to bless us with strength to do things. But man, when you're facing the ridicule, when people are shaming you for your Christian commitment, for your Christian convictions, listen, you don't give up. You keep standing for what you believe in. That's what Desmond did. He was granted the opportunity to continue his training. And it wasn't easy getting there. 
It's not that what he faced, the training didn't get any easier, but when you stand firm for a greater purpose in your life, it will provide rewards for a greater good than you could ever imagine than just going along with the fray. You see, in 1945, Desmond entered Okinawa as a combat medic. When Desmond and his battalion arrived in Japan, you can imagine the horror of their faces as they saw the devastation and the death of their fellow cam comrades. Their job was to take Mida Escarpment. It was a 350-foot wall, rock wall, surrounded, surrounding the island of Okinawa. You see, the Japanese forces were so deeply entrenched in the island, it was going to be nearly impossible for our American forces to ever conquer it. And Desmond Doss and his battalion were given the orders to be able to ascend this 350-foot jagged rock edge for the American troops that would become known as Hacksaw Ridge. So they climbed the ridge, they prepared for battle, but for many of them, it was going to be their last. Desmond's battalion was viciously attacked. And he thought, wow, many of them were killed and countless others were wounded. And as Desmond Doss surveyed what was going on around him, the situation, he thought to himself, was hopelessly lost. Wow, I can't hear you, God. How many of you have ever been in that situation when you're hurting, you're standing for your convictions? It seems like you can't even hear God's clear call of conviction. And I can tell you right now, the journey is just not going to be easy. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to try your best to do the right thing. And it's so hard that you find yourself just crying out to God like Desmond did. What do you want from me? I don't understand. God, I can't hear you. I imagine Daniel was asking God similar questions. See, the king's officials, they were counting on Daniel's conviction that he would pray to his God because that was his witness before them. So the officials set this trap and then they arrested Daniel. And even though King Neb wanted to do everything that he could in his power to prevent losing Daniel, his protege. So King Neb has to honor his decree. <laughs> And anyone who disobeyed that would be thrown into the lion's den, devoured and eaten because the only food for the lions were human beings. It says in Daniel 6, it says, So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. And so death, it would seem, would be Daniel's destination. And for Desmond, also destruction and death. And he's crying out to God with everything he's got in him. What do you want me to do, God? I don't understand, God. I can't hear you. Never compromise your godly convictions never you got to listen when you're following God's call that means in your life that those godly convictions you're going to face some things you just got to listen listen for Desmond God answered he answered to the cries of those soldiers needing help 
And Desmond clung to his God in his darkest moments. And by the end of that battle, because he stood for his convictions, he had saved 75 wounded soldiers. See, we all face the crossroads in our lives. Are we going to stand for our convictions? Because sometimes what's right in front of us can paralyze us. And with that, it's in those moments you can run one of two directions. You can run toward the fight or you can run from the fight. But understand, God gives you everything you need to run toward the fight. Look at it in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. How many of you agree with me that we're living in a time of evil like never before? Yes, we are. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Look at the person next to you and say, stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So to run to the fight, you've got to fight for your marriage. You've got to fight for your family. You got to fight for your kids with their walk with the Lord to pass them on faith so they make decisions based on the Lord when you're not around. You got to be able to fight for justice. You got to fight for others. You got to fight for your health. No one else is going to fight for you. God and you together can fight and you can win the battle. I promise you. I promise you. Because when you never compromise your godly convictions and you stand up and fight, what happens for you? You gain faith and you gain strength in that. And that is for the Lord to help you in future fights because the battles in the future are going to come against all of us from the enemy. 1 Corinthians 15 says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So let me challenge you, don't give up. Don't compromise. Don't give up. Never, ever compromise for doing what you're doing for God. It's never in vain. Galatians 6 and 9 tells us, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. And that's exactly what happened for Desmond, he reaped a harvest because he stayed strong and he didn't give up in doing good. Desmond Doss had an amazing impact on the Battle of Okinawa. He never lifted a rifle. He never fired a single shot. He never said, Lord, why me? He just said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He chose to focus on serving God and doing God's will for his life. And that's how you can have the confidence that you never compromise your convictions even in the hardest times of our lives. Circling back to Daniel's story in the scripture, it says, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. 
for he had trusted in his God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, God, thanking you, God, for this amazing story of Daniel and the scripture, that true story. And we thank you for the true story of Desmond Doss. God, I pray for everyone here, God, that they would believe for your best for their life, God, no matter what's happened in the past. May they not be prisoners of that. I pray, God, that they will see faithfulness in you and know that you're faithful to them. And God, I pray, God, they're going to trust you no matter what they face in this life, that they're never going to compromise your convictions. They're going to run toward the fight, God. They're going to have integrity. They're going to have honesty. They're going to have truth in their relationships with their spouses or with their kids and with their church. Most of all, their relationship with you, God. They're just not going to give up, God. They're just going to, at the right time, reap a harvest of good. Maybe you're here today and God has touched your life and there's been things you've been compromising on. You haven't stood up like you needed to in those moments. How many of you here would lift your hand and say, that's me and I want to pray for God's strength and faith in him to stand up for what I believe in through my God. Would you just lift your hand all over the auditorium? God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. I want to pray with you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for these hands that have went up. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would touch them as they pray to you and ask you for strength, God, and faith in you, God, to help them to stand strong, God, and believe in God's best for them. I pray, God, Lord, they're going to trust you no matter what, and they're never going to compromise those godly convictions you've given them. Bless them, empower them, and strengthen them in Jesus' name. As we continue to pray, I want to challenge you on something. Maybe you're here today. And you know right now that the Lord Jesus Christ is tapping on your heart as we continue to pray. And you know that you need to ask him to be the Lord of your life. You've been putting it off. You've, you've put it off for a long time. Maybe you've lived in compromise with it. But right now, as Christians are praying, maybe you're here today and you just need to stand to your feet right where you're at. And you stand to your feet because you want the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and you want his strength. If that's you today, my friend, I'm calling you to stand to your feet for God Almighty. Just stand up right where you're at and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm standing up for the Lord today. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, I need to stand up for Jesus today. I need God in my heart and in my life. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Would y'all pray with me? And Christians, would you pray with me? Would you just pray to the Lord Jesus Christ and just tell him, say, Lord, I invite you into my life today. Tell him, say, I open my heart to you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in you, that you came for me, you died for me, and you arose for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to save my soul. My life is yours. Now, for those of you that have prayed, just thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that right now. He's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. And be sure to tell somebody. And for that, would you stand as we, uh, with our final prayer? Would you stand with me, church? Heavenly Father, we praise you. We honor you for what you're doing, God. Help us all to stand strong for you in these evil days that we're living in. And may you get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts. Amen. Amen. Give God glory today, church. Come on.